In the last six weeks of my isolation, there's been one story in particular that's really grabbed our attention. And it seems as if it came out of nowhere. Well, a group of Canadian physicians, business leaders, and other volunteers are teaming up to ensure frontline workers have access, of course, to those essential supplies needed to combat the spread of COVID-19 to keep them safe, of course. The grassroots volunteer organization Conquer COVID-19 is holding a PPE drive to collect masks, gloves, and other supplies. Today is uh, an initiative that's been pulled together by an amazing group called Conquer COVID-19, a group of med students, doctors, business folks, volunteers, regular Good Samaritans. And earlier today, a drop by a grassroots PPE drive. They're collecting thousands of pieces of PPE, and they are making a huge difference. And I want to thank Haley Wickenheiser, Ryan Reynolds, and the entire team at Conquer COVID. From a concept to a tweet to a phone call, Conquer COVID-19 has reached the masses. This grassroots volunteer-run organization that's comprised of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and physicians helps to facilitate access to products that are currently in short support but essential to the healthcare community. At a recent Conquer COVID-19 PPE drive in downtown Toronto, we had the chance to meet the organizer, some of the volunteers, and the face of the movement, Haley Wickenheiser. I'm Richard Deitch. This is the Sports on Pause podcast, and this is our Conquer COVID-19 story, as told by Donovan Bennett. It was early Saturday morning when our producer, Amil Delich, texted me. We are a go. Four, five, nine... Eastern Ave. I'll be there for 11. I had messaged him the night prior about possibly heading down to the Conquer COVID-19 PPE drive to chat with Olympic gold medalist, Hockey Hall of Famer, and medical resident Haley Wickenheiser about her involvement with the non-for-profit initiative. Sounds good, period. I'll see you then. Send. I grabbed my notes and made sure I had everything that I needed. Wallet, check. Phone, check. Grab the car keys in the car. Fire up the Waze app. Let's go. Then I actually realized I needed to make a detour for something that I needed. I had to swing by my mother's place to get a mask, a face mask, because I realized I don't even own one. And then I was on my way there. And then my mind raced as I was racing down the highway to get there, realizing how important what I was about to witness is. PPE is critically in short supply. In Canada and the U.S., two of the most medically advanced countries in the world, but we lack the supplies many doctors around the world have and probably take for granted, which is why hashtag 
Get Us PPE started trending shortly after COVID-19 did. The acronyms I'm used to using are NBA and NHL, but personal protective equipment is much more important right now. Imagine risking your life, saving lives, then spending time protesting for more personal protective equipment. Every healthcare worker's infections and sadly deaths are preventable. In Hong Kong, for example, they have no infections to their medical workers. The CDC recommendations on what should or shouldn't be worn has been scaled back over the last month, and there's a scarcity of the supply. More than 70 countries in the world have restricted the export of these products to Canadian medical officials who need them to fight COVID-19. And then it really hit me. This PPE drive really matters because it really can and will save lives. When I arrived, the first thing I noticed was the simplicity of the drive. It was being run out of a newly constructed storage building on the west end of Toronto, multi-level with a drive-through main floor, similar to what you'd see at a McDonald's. But instead of making your order, you're given permission to enter the building. And instead of picking up your order, you're dropping off priority healthcare supplies. This is where the Conquer COVID-19 volunteer team was assembled. Five to six volunteers rotating every few hours gathering personal protective equipment. And one of those volunteers was a familiar face. It was David Amber of Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> and as David and I exchanged, hellos, how are you? How's the family? We were interrupted. Car alarm. We continued our conversation as a few of the volunteers picked up hockey sticks behind us and began shooting a ball into a miniature net. So David, Normally, on a Saturday at this time of year, you are communicating with Canadians about their team, hopefully being in the playoffs. Now you are interacting with Canadians in an entirely different way. What brings you out here to conquer COVID-19? It is a little bizarre, hey? We're standing six feet apart. We're both wearing masks. You know, we're doing all the things we're supposed to do to, to make sure the social distancing is intact. Uh, I was on a podcast, a, d a different podcast with, with Craig Forrest and, and a few other, uh, James Sharman and a few guys talking soccer, the footy podcast, and uh, Sully was on it, uh, Solomon, and he was talking about this Conquer COVID-19 initiative that he and Haley Wickenheiser and a bunch of people are behind, and it sounded really interesting to me, and I thought it's such a, a meaningful thing to be trying to help. I feel so helpless at home, man. You must feel the same way, like, what can we do, right? What, what can we do at this stage? And this is just a way to kind of reattach and to try and help out a little bit. So they're taking donations here. We're in Toronto at uh, 459 Eastern Avenue, and they're getting donations for PPE equipment for frontline workers. And we're here basically just uh, helping collect it, uh, say thank you to the donors, and then bring it out to the different health facilities and individuals that could use the different equipment that's being brought here. So that's what I'm here doing. Use that word helpless because this is a weird situation where the active thing people are being told to do is not do anything which is the opposite of our industry there's always more research to do there's always more 
calls to make. What has this period been like for you personally trying to social distance? That's the funny thing. You can be an activist by being inactive, right? <laughs> As opposed to being active. Um, it's, you know, it's like everyone else. It's an adjustment. We're the lucky ones, man. We live in Canada. We have great health care uh, universally provided to us. You know, you have all the innovation you can want around you, and you have a great group of people who are, are being very, I think, prudent might not be the right word, but they're being, everyone seems to be abiding by these, these outlines. So um, it's been an adjustment. I got a wife and two kids. My wife's working from home. My kids are doing virtual school. You know, it's, it's a very different life than we had six weeks ago. But, you know, we're making do. And I've got, what's the term you used about hanging out with your, your one-year-old son? Um, the consequence, the... Uh, the unexpected consequence and oh, uh, the unintended uh, consequence. Yeah, and and one of those things is I've had a lot more time uh, with my family as well, and it's been quality time because at this time, as you said right off the top, what we used to do, Donovan, like I'd be in a stretch of thirty straight nights of not being at home, not having family dinners, not really seeing my wife and kids that much, and now if nothing else, I've got nothing but time uh, with the family. So that has been an unintended consequence, and uh, we're making the most of it. As we're having this conversation, we have a car pull in to give some badly needed uh, PPE. This won't be the last time we pause for a PPE drop-off, but David tells us a bit more about the character of average Canadians who've come out to support our healthcare workers during this time. It's great and really no surprise, right? I mean, we're a strong nation. We're a benevolent group of people. I think people really see the frontline workers need this equipment. They're there putting themselves at risk each and every day to keep other people safe. And the least we could do is try and provide the gloves, the masks, the shields, the ventilators. And people are coming up and we've seen all sorts of different donations today. Some people came with 10 masks and that's all they had in their house. And they said, hey, I, I don't need these, but someone else could use them. And a group came, Click Health came, with 20,000 masks and 1,000 face shields and 5,000 gloves. And you're kind of going, wow, this is amazing. So people are pulling together, and it's really um, just shows the true spirit of, of uh, the Canadian way of, of helping out one another, which I love. We heard a number of stories like this one throughout the day, but also began to hear the name Suleiman Ahmed, or Sully for short. Yeah, can you hear me? Suleiman, S-U-L-E-M-A-A-N, Ahmed, A-H-M-E-D. David mentioned being a guest on a podcast with Suleiman when learning about Conquer COVID-19. Suleiman is a businessman pre-pandemic, but during the pandemic, he's the engine behind Conquer COVID-19. We had a few minutes to chat with Suleiman and asked him how Conquer COVID-19 got started and evolved to where we are today. Well, I'll have to show you a screenshot, but it was uh, on a WhatsApp group of six people four weeks ago, and we were just saying how we wanted to help other Canadians because a lot of us have family and friends who are on the front lines, and they were terrified. So we just thought, you know, you can either sit at home and complain or whatever. You can. The motto Haley has is GSD, so get shit done. Oh, I don't know if I can say that on your podcast. Oh, you but, can. Yeah. Okay. And so we just kind of grew, and it was me and my wife, and then Chris Houston, and then other people joined in, like Greg Tilson, who runs our site. And we got to give him oxygen, because when other things started happening, like our site traffic tripled, and Lori Dillon Schalk, and Guri Panu, who's the co-lead with me, I, I guess if, if everyone's calling me the CEO, then he's the COO and saves me from legal stuff. 
So we just kind of started s small. Like we're just like everybody else and we're just like, what can we do? And then what happened was our guidance comes from doctors because I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and one of the first things Sean Mondu said, who was the head of ER at Hamilton General Hospital, was they needed baby monitors. So we were like, what, what, do you, what do you need baby monitors for? And what they needed them for was because they don't want to communicate to, they want to reduce interaction with patients unless it's urgent because that reduces exposure, but it also reduces the amount of PPE equipment that they're using. So we said, okay, like, let's listen to the doctors. That's a smart idea. Let's get it. So my wife, Khadija, who helped found this with me, she went and started on Facebook asking people for baby monitors and collected 20 and we had to clean them. But then we thought we can't scale it quick enough. So then uh, Tambir Grover, who's a buddy of mine at Cooperators, he put me in touch with uh, Sean Williams, who's the chief marketing or merchandising officer at Toys R Us Canada. And Toys R Us stepped up and we shipped like 300 monitors across the country. And then it kind of grew from there where VTech Canada stepped in. Um, and then Volvo Canada stepped in and said, look, we see what you're doing on Twitter and social media because like, we're grassroots, Donovan. We're not making money. We're all volunteers. And we're not replacing the government, provincial or federal. Um, we're just here like a like 101st Airborne or whatever. We're here until the cavalry comes in. And so uh, for us, it was um, it's kind of how we started. And our group started from six to eight. And people like Jody Shakowitz joined in and ran our comms. And all these other people just started stepping in. And so that was about two weeks in. And then um, a, a buddy of mine, Jamie Stein, who's helping our ops out west, he... Um, saw a tweet by Haley. So I didn't know Haley. Now we, it's like we know each other a lot. And she put out a tweet because she's in her fourth year medical student and asking for help. And so Jamie pinged me and he said, look, take a look at this. So I replied and said, look, we don't want an autographed t-shirt or anything. We just want to help. So then she followed me on Twitter and then we were DMing each other back and forth. And then on a call with her and Guri Pan, who's co-lead with me, and Yusuf Ahmed is one of our incredible medical students, we got on a call with Haley and we said, look, this is what we're thinking. You be the face in the front with Ryan Reynolds. We'll be the engine in the back. And, and then I found out later from, her, from one of her Taylor's team, Rob Price, he was like, yeah, we vetted you guys too because I guess, you know, they get hammered. So that's where it started with her, with Conquer COVID-19. And then literally in four weeks, we've exploded to 100 full-time volunteers. All people, some of them have lost their jobs and they're just... You know, I'm thinking of Ryan up in Bob Cajun, who's a, a, a retired firefighter, and he was, like, shipping supplies and desperate for the outbreak, so we got stuff there, and so we're just, it's just an incredible group of Canadians, really. So that's a really long answer to your question. That's great. You answered, like, five of my questions. Did I? Okay. I it's, it's, I'm not really good at this, man, and i got a face for radio, so I'm glad this is a podcast, so this is good. No, this is a, a good conversation on a very important and pertinent topic. That conversation started to pick up, even though it's always been important, with the involvement of Haley and then Ryan. Yeah. What have you noticed about the power of their platform and celebrity so much so that you, your site has been hit so hard because of it? Yeah, we were getting like 250 visitors a day. Greg Tilson, our CIO, was telling me. And then when Haley came on board, it went to 1,000. And then when Ryan, it hit to 10,000. And so poor Greg needed oxygen. And But he's a Leafs fan, so maybe he needs oxygen because they're chirping me because I'm with the Habs. And... Um, um, it just it just built up, and the thing I'd say about Haley is she's front and center because she's our captain. So I'm probably the grumpy general manager um, that, that gives everyone shit. Uh, Car, we uh, thank you. You have to go up there, my friend, and drop off supplies. Thank you. 
Um, so we yelled car and bank sticks. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think, and the thing I respect about her is she's humble. She'll get in a truck and she'll go and deliver stuff because it lifts people up. But other people have stepped in too, have public faces like, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds has been terrific on that. You know, guys like Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest in sports, um, David Amber, Bob McKenzie, they're all doing stuff. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God, I'm forgetting his name with Sportsnet. He, Jamie Campbell. Thank you. Jamie drove eight hours up north because we didn't want people to think that this is a big city thing. We want people in Timmins and North Bay and stuff to know that we care and love for our fellow our fellow Canadians and that we're all sorry a black sedan pulls up next to us the young gentleman wearing a red jacket and blue jeans steps out of the car his name is William he's dropping off a bag of supplies hand sanitizer masks rubbing alcohol sorry we pause the interview for a second as Suleiman collects himself we're all in this together and we're all helping each other and it doesn't matter where you're from what you look like your beliefs like at this time we have to help each other so uh, what i love about this group of people is that there's humility park your egos at the door if you got to pack boxes you pack boxes you got to drive stuff to a hospital it's not about us it's about the nurses the doctors the the, the cleaners the, the police officers the ms workers who are literally the bus drivers on the front line and for everyone else, like either shut up, stay home, stay safe, or get in the line and help them. They stand on our shoulders. And it's, it's, it's a bit humbling how this thing has just taken off. But in a way, I'm not surprised because of the Canadians who are involved and who are working together uh, as a team. Uh, it's just, I've, I've never been part of something like this in my life. And I, I hope I never am again. But, uh, you know, and I think... Haley would do things like, in Ryan Reynolds too, like if someone busted their butts, they would send a personalized message, you know, those kind of things, and that's what people need. Um, you know, Jamie Campbell picking up Jay's gear and going to make a special stop for one child who has cerebral palsy and social distancing and everything, and this guy's a huge Jay's fan. Imagine Jamie pulls up in the driveway and opens up and says hello, and the, and the child is so excited, or EMS workers who end up in tears because... They were like, we didn't expect you guys, A, to reply to us, and B, to send someone like Jamie Campbell up, right? And so that's what I think that's about. And I really don't think it's about our group or the celebrities. It's about our workers on the front line. That's, that's what it's about. Saying that made you emotional. Why? Um, I'm going to get so much stick for everyone, too, for, for getting uh, gummed up there. But um, my daughter and I have personally delivered supplies to hospitals. And I'm not saying that for fanfare. I just think if you're in charge and leadership, you got to lead from the front and do whatever you need to do. And when the nurses are in tears and saying that N95 masks are more than gold, and we went to Tobacoke General Hospital and they, we brought them 10 boxes with 1,200 masks and they're like, you doubled our supply. You know, we shouldn't have nurses calling in tears. And so that's where our group is not a replacement for the government. We're a stop, step in, but they then now have to step up you know, the bureaucrats got to get their act together and get stuff going because the, these people need this. And I think there's a bigger discussion to be had afterwards on the proper funding of health care and these kind of things. So if anyone 
wants to talk about privatization of healthcare, I have some choice words for them. And as we're saying goodbye to Suleiman, he leaves us with a few words of encouragement. I would say if anyone wants to chip in, like visit our website, donate, whether it's a pair of gloves or whatever. I also want to be fair to the folks out West who we've, you know, our partnership with. They've got their own organizations, but they're in Victoria, Vancouver, Calgary. And and you don't even have to be part of Conquer COVID-19. Start up your own thing. Like start up with six people like we did. You don't have to go big or Hollywood. Like just help. That's it. Just help. And, uh, you know, uh, we're really a big thank you to all our frontline workers. We, we're humbled to serve them. They stand on our shoulders. As we continue to observe and meet some of the volunteers throughout the afternoon, we also got to meet some of the donors. And a pair of those who came through that day weren't frontline workers yet, but they were in training. Uh, so my name is Mayor Taylor. I'm a uh, first-year student at the University of Waterloo's pharmacy program. And then we also founded a group that's very similar to the Conquer COVID called Farm COVID-19 to showcase what pharmacists can do at this time. Hi, my name is Emil Diab. Uh, I'm also a first-year pharmacy student at the University of Waterloo, and I'm part of the Farm COVID-19 uh, group. Um, my position is as uh, co-outreach for the Ottawa region. I'm going to be very honest. If I was a student at these times, I would be thinking, what does this mean for my student grants? How am I going to make up my exams or essays? Is there going to be a school year next year? Those are the things that would be on top of my mind. For you guys, on top of mind is let's get in the car, let's drive a couple hours to donate. Why? So, as part of being a student, I think you also have a responsibility to ensure whatever profession you're going into is demonstrated that the vitality of that position is important. And for us, we really feel as though we have a passion to showcase what pharmacy can do for society in general and the importance of pharmacy, not only in healthcare, but in advocating for more for what they can do. With the upcoming change in pharmacy, for, for example, getting minor ailment prescribing, um, I think this is a very important time. And even though it's a, it's a very uh, dangerous and pandemic, it, it really gives the opportunity to showcase that uh, this is a very big group effort that can only be solved when many people come together, whether that being medical students, uh, whether that's engineers, the pharmacy students, and that we wanted to really demonstrate that it's only through teamwork that this problem will be solved. And that's what kind of motivated us is to get in the car and, and just really come here today and give as much as we can. So I think that, that was the biggest factor for me as to why I really wanted to showcase that there's this is a big team effort and Conquer COVID seems to be doing a really good job of that and so we just really wanted to be uh, able to help out in any way that we could. Mayor and Emil obviously have a deep passion for their field of work but their message is actually much more practical at this current time. So we believe that at this point our initiative is very important to showcase what pharmacists can actually do I believe that uh, a lot of the public don't necessarily know how, how much a pharmacist can help them in this pandemic. As well, one of our goals is to educate the public on this virus and how they can just visit a pharmacy instead of going to the emergency room. So we want people to stay away from the emergency room as much as they can to try and help alleviate the stress on our healthcare system. But at the same time, we want to keep pharmacists safe by informing the public when they shouldn't visit a pharmacy and they should call instead. So if, for example, someone just goes into a pharmacy, they can 
they can get the information they need from the pharmacist and the pharmacist can help them pick up something off the shelf and that would, for example, save a visit to the ER and therefore help our healthcare system in that way. The duo brought 80 liters of hand sanitizer and prepared kits of sanitization creams, just over $1,000 worth of donations from La Roche. But this wasn't their first time at the drive. We were able to get a surgical he uh, headpieces that we donated last week as well. And we're trying to get a reoccurring um, company to make uh, hand sanitizers furthermore so we can have that uh, stock coming in every week. Um, so that's uh, the main focus of uh, today and uh, the relationship we're trying to have to conquer COVID. You're here because you heard about it, right? What does it mean uh, for you that someone so important in our country's sporting history, Haley Wickenheiser, is, is a driver behind this and really driving awareness uh, around it? When you see someone in, uh, in a sports field uh, on the front lines serving every day, it kind of inspires you and it kind of motivates you to say, okay, if they can do it, if they were able to transition from sports into healthcare, it demonstrates that anyone can also do it. Anyone can make a contribution in the pandemic we have today and in general. So when you see someone in sports, uh, like Haley, for example, out here in the front lines today, it really sparks this motivation that says, okay, she's able to do it and she was able to make that transition from you know playing hockey and then now she's able to contribute such a huge thing into healthcare. It makes me it makes you think okay what can I do to help it makes you think outside of the box in terms of I know these people who might be able to help let me see if I can get in touch with them it makes you want to be more proactive about the connections you have and how to how you can that you can you can benefit society in general as well so I think that's a very important uh, aspect of uh, the connection between sports and healthcare that's not always seen but uh, today we are very fortunate to be able to see that connection and uh, I hope that uh, we're able to build off of this in the future. Haley Wickenheiser has definitely motivated a movement. And that movement doesn't just include her fans or lovers of hockey, but a generation of students like Mayer and Emil, actors like Ryan Reynolds, educators, medical professionals, and so many more across Canada. But on that day, April 18th, 2020, it was her humility and calm sense of confidence that impressed me more than anything else. Okay, I'm ready. Ready. Sorry, guys. No worries. I can probably pop this off. Masks off. We were social distancing. Is this fun on audio only? Oh, okay. All right. You can tell her life has been Sorry. crazy these last few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was TV. Okay. Yeah. All right. A million things on her mind, but she's still finding time to smile. Put some glass tiger in the background. Very Canadian. <laughs> okay. Well, first and foremost, thank you for everything that you're doing. But how did all of what you're doing come about? How did this drive start? Oh, man. Uh, it's been a week, just I think eight days now, uh, since I sent out a tweet that basically asking for help for a few groups of Emerge and ICU folks that I had worked with around the Toronto area. And uh, Ryan Reynolds amplified the tweet, which resulted in a phone call with Suleiman Ahmed from the Conquer COVID group that had already been mobilized uh, here. And we just decided we needed to move fast, that we were working in the same uh, sphere and we were trying to get things done quick without red tape and we would work together. So fast forward a week, um, I think about 100 people uh, have congregated from all walks of life, just coming together to do great work. And 
this thing has been a movement really we were i think just under two million dollars raised and will be have you know procured and delivered millions of items by the time it's over drives are happening in calgary vancouver and victoria as well so it's really been uh, something very uh, awesome to see and <laughs> never thought that uh, it would it would get this big but it's obviously much needed we've seen the power of uh oh car car yeah which is a good thing That's yeah good we, when sound. we say car we like that that's our road hockey sign for for procuring items so right. come on down <laughs> yeah told you it wouldn't be the last time we'd hear that keep going thanks for coming thank you yeah <laughs> yeah in, in road hockey terms it's kind of a bummer because the game stops but here everyone's excited when you oh, yeah car. yeah we were tapping our stick last week and super happy when uh cars would drive up so it's the ultimate canadian uh story and the canadian drive right i mean you got people roll up in their car they don't even have to get out they can hand the stuff to our volunteers who are in masks and gloves and they keep rolling so it's the safest possible way to do this and um, it's just it's just been amazing. We had one woman bring two masks on day one, and you'd think, oh, two masks, that's nothing. But two masks can keep a family doctor in business for two days. That's huge. Um, you know, all the way up to 200,000 masks. So the thing is just all over the place. The catalyst of the celebrity of Ryan Reynolds being connected to you yeah. has helped this, but your celebrity has helped this as well. Have you thought about the fact that the fact that you were so good for so long in hockey has given you a platform to really help Canadians in a much more important way? Uh, I, I understand it. I understand that you know, as an athlete, as a with a platform and a a following, tiny compared to Ryan's, <laughs> but people know uh, my name in a lot of places in Canada because I played. So when I am able to do something positive with it, um, I think that's the power that athletes will have with their platforms is it allows you to do positive things, but it's also allowed n- not just me, but it, we, you know, we've had dozens of athletes and dozens of celebrities now like want to wear the t-shirt you know I got texts from all my hockey friends and hockey players and NHL players saying how can I help and where can I donate so it it becomes a movement because everyone realizes they too have the power and whether you're a celebrity or a regular person everyone can amplify this and we can all work together. You used that platform pretty early to speak up about the dangers of potentially playing in Olympics in Tokyo. Yeah. Being someone with expertise you saw how serious this was a lot earlier than it was part of the general conversation yeah why did you speak so strongly so early uh because of what i was seeing in the emergency rooms because i was uh you know being working in emergency rooms as part of my last year in medical school doing rotations as this thing kind of crossed the globe it started in asia and came this way and i could see it start to get serious I could see the doctors that I was working with start to go hmm I don't know what we're going to see here and then I saw the first COVID patient being intubated that I was um I got to witness with my own eyes it was a 40 40 something year old pilot and I realized this thing can hit anybody at any time and so all of those things kind of compounded me to just I couldn't sit back and watch the IOC continue to have this ridiculous messaging when you know Asia was getting hammered with coronavirus when you see the first patient get intubated, what are the thoughts that come to your mind? Uh, how quickly it can uh, happen. You know, he came in rather calling it, you know, rather fine and then kind of call it a happy hypoxic where they desat, but they're still doing well. And then all of a sudden he just tanked within minutes. And I think what it was for me was 
just to see the experts that were far ahead of medicine than, than I am, just as a trainee, not knowing what to do or really how to manage this. And nobody really knows. Every day more information comes out on how to manage this illness and what to do. And when my, my good friend, Dr. Redstone, told me who managed the SARS crisis in North York General in 2003, uh, this is a crisis of our lifetime, I knew that we were in for a long haul. What are your days like now? They used to be uh, emergency room by night and arena by day. Yeah. I assume that's <laughs> not the case now. Even emergency rooms are changing because yeah. of the need for ICUs. What is keeping your time when you're not here thanking people for donating PPE? Uh, well, I'm basically working probably 15 hours a day right now as a keyboard warrior and uh, spokesperson for this movement from home, um, doing some deliveries as well, like the team is in different parts of uh, the GTA, just to kind of get out there and see what's going on. But uh, they've pulled us as trainees out of the emergency rooms uh, because they want the most senior doctors attending and also not to use up supplies trying to teach med students. So it makes a lot of sense. And I don't know. I mean, every day is different, probably like everybody feels kind of just trying to figure out the next move as we go. And um, it's just been a lot of energy and amazing positive movement to be a part of this uh, Conquer COVID team as well. Sports fans will always want analytics and stats. We want to binary. Yeah. Did you win? Did you lose? Seeing it, how are we doing as a, as a country, as a globe? How, how are we doing in curtailing uh, this pandemic? I think the stats are promising. I, I know that out west, places like BC and Alberta, I think are doing quite well. The curve is flattening. I think Ontario is still very acute and Quebec as well. I think people are thinking, you know, we're flattening the curve, which we are, but that gives us maybe a false sense of security. We cannot let down our guard right now. We have to keep these measures in place because what we know is there likely will be a second wave, like what we're seeing in Singapore right now and possibly places in Japan. So we need to stay diligent, but it's promising the fact that um, my biggest concern is our long-term care homes. I think we're going to have a tremendous amount of death in those homes, and that's very, very sad. Um, and I just want to make sure that we are taking care of the vulnerable places like shelters, care homes, um, community living places like this that, you know, just breed infection and, and it's going to be very difficult in those places. So when Mrs. Tam or Mr. Trudeau says things, sometimes people listen, sometimes they don't. But sadly, when you say things, people <laughs> stand up and listen and yeah. take notice. If there's one thing you really want to urge Canadians in this really important time, what would it be? I just want to say that we can't be too cautious. It feels like things are getting better now, you know, the curve is flattening. Well, the reason that that's happening is because everyone's staying home. So if I could say something to someone is, keep going, Canada, you're doing well. Uh, stay home. I know this is difficult. I know this is stressful. I think the more we stay home, the more we adhere to the guidelines, the faster we're going to get back to work. And please listen to the medical experts. We don't have to listen to politicians, but we can listen to the medical experts. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. And based off of the honks and the horns and the backing up and the stick taps, at least Canadians are not staying home thanks to you to donate PPE. So we really, really appreciate it on behalf of the entire country. Thank okay, you for everything well, you do. Yeah, and thanks to Canadians for supporting this. It's been uh, much more than any of us ever imagined. Thank you. Beep, beep. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Ruined your sound. Okay, we got a driver? Haley didn't ruin our audio, but only added to it. After we spoke to her, she did another three TV news hits and then delivered supplies to clinics and hospitals around the city. If you want to get involved and help fight COVID-19, 
visit conquercovid19.ca to donate your time, money, or supplies. A list of donation drives across Canada can be found there as well as links for monetary donations. There's still a huge need of masks, ventilators, two-way baby monitors, face shields, diapers and formula, hand sanitizers, and more. If you have any of these supplies and don't know where to drop them off, you can message Conquer COVID-19 on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and they will help guide you in the right direction. For my last word this week, I will give you my lasting thoughts as I left the drive and went home. The expression on many of the donors' faces still resonates in my mind. Apprehension, not wanting to get too close to people, but a sense of pride knowing that they're helping out. And... The look on Haley Wickenheiser's face was not unique to hers. It was similar to theirs as well. And it left me thinking everything that she has accomplished in the game of hockey and for women's sports in general. But some of that platform, some of that notoriety will actually be used in this case to help everyone. She had the honor of representing a country at the Olympics but she's representing a country right now in a much more important way. 